0: Hello, I'm Jacob Krueger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. So today, we are going to be talking about character traits. We're going to be talking about character development. We're going to be talking about how to write great characters in your screenplay. And basically, all of character development comes down to one really simple concept. A lot of people think that character development character traits are adjectives. right? They think that uh, a character is funny or responsible or smart or kind or hardworking. right They think that that adjectives describe characters. And I would like to suggest to you that what actually makes a character a character, is when the character is acting like a verb. So if you wanna understand if you are building characters or if you are building what I call characteristics, all you have to ask yourself is, is my character an adjective or is my character a verb? If your character is an adjective, there's a really good chance that you are not writing a character that you are writing a stereotype. In other words, that you're writing a funny best friend as opposed to this funny best friend. That you are writing a brilliant scientist rather than this brilliant scientist. And why is this? This is, this is not even writing. This is basic psychology. It, it's not our traits that make us who we are. It's our actions. If you think about your best friend, your best friend I'm sure has a lot of the same traits as any other best friend, right? Um, they may be caring, they may be reliable, they may be smart, they may be dependable, right? They may be fun to hang out with, right? So they have a bunch of character traits, they have a bunch of adjectives that describe them and all these adjectives are true. But at the same time, you probably wouldn't trade your best friend for my best friend, even if they have the same traits. Even if I'm like, no, my best friend, also reliable, dependable, smart, fun to hang out with, right? They have all the same adjectives, but you wouldn't trade. And the reason you wouldn't trade is that your best friend does stuff, has done stuff, and continues to do stuff. They continue to take actions with you, towards you, around you that makes them, them, that makes you fall in love with them, that makes you remember them, that makes you go, this is so her, this is so them, right? Um, it's not the adjectives, it's the verbs, it's the things your characters are doing. Um, in my right regular screenplay class, I, I call this concept the how of the character. How is this character slightly different than any other character? But the how is never independent of the action, right? The how is the how the character does the verbs that make them them. So what you'll end up finding when you're writing characters, when you're developing characters, that there are four elements in play. Uh, the first element is, does the character want anything? Uh, And how tangible is the want? The less tangible the want is, the harder your character development is going to be. Because the less tangible the want is, the less specific the actions that the character is going to take to get the want. So if the character wants a Starbucks, for example, it's a relatively tangible want. But if the character wants a venti latte with oat milk, That's a more specific want, and just in the want, we're already starting to understand that character because that's completely different than the whole milk with whipped cream. That's completely different than the frappuccino character, right? So the first element we need is we need a want. If the character is not pursuing anything, or if the thing they're pursuing is general, right, um, they would like um, something to drink, Right? It becomes harder and harder and harder to write them. Whereas the more specific they are, the more specific their want is, the easier it is to write them, the easier it is to develop them, the easier it is to understand them. Um, The second element underneath the want is the emotional need. Um, We could teach, and we do teach, uh, uh, many, many hours on emotional need. Um, But the simplest way for a podcast to think about emotional need is that underneath the tangible goal, there is a primal need that is driving your character. There is something that is core to who they are that is driving them. So, uh, for example, I could want the Starbucks because I need justice. And the pressure between the tangible object of Starbucks and the, the need of justice is going to change the way I order that Starbucks because I deserve that Starbucks. So when I order that vente latte with oat milk, I might say, with oat milk and spell my name right because last time you got it wrong and I drank whole milk and it was disgusting and I need justice. Whereas the same character coming in who wants the vente latte with oat milk with the need underneath for love might be like, hey, how was your day? Oh my God, so nice to see you, Jim. What's going on, right? That character's got a completely different need. He needs Jim's love, not justice for the mistaken latte last time, right? And you can see that this combination of want and need starts to reveal the how, starts to guide you towards the how of the character. The next element is obstacle, right? You've got to make it hard Um, because if you don't make it hard for your character to be themselves, if you don't make it hard for your character to get what they want, the character never has to reveal anything about themselves, right? They can wear their mask the whole time. Whereas if you make it hard, uh, okay, so that's a venti latte with skim milk. Well, the character who wants love might be like, no, I understand you might, you know, I I probably wasn't clear. You're doing a great job by the way. Um, No, but I'd really like oat milk. Whereas the character who who wants the venti latte but needs justice might be like, did you not hear me? right? So what happens is want, emotional need, obstacle, these elements together start to generate the how. The next element of finding the how is to seek and destroy anything normal that your character does. So in our real lives, right, most of what we do is normal. Um, Hey, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? Good, good. We've all had this conversation, right? Sometimes you're so not present for that conversation that you actually ask again, right? Because you're just going through the motions of being a person. In our screenwriting, in our TV writing, we don't want the normal character traits because the normal character traits are not memorable because the normal character traits do not distinguish our main character from any other main character. They don't distinguish her secondary character from any other secondary character, right? The We don't want the normal. In real life, we don't remember the normal anyway, right? When you're like, oh my God, you gotta meet my friend, Mary, right? Mary is so freaking awesome. You've gotta meet her. You know, the other day, like we were out and she ordered a drink and she ordered a rum and Coke. Like, I mean, she's just so cool, right? No, we... The other day, we, you know, I introduced her a friend, and she was like, "Hey, how you doing?" And my friend was like, "Good, good. How are you?" No, you would never recount that story of Mary that way. Instead, you would recount the story of Mary, and you're like, "Okay, Mary is freaking crazy, right?" Mary calls me up one day, and she's like, uh, "Do you want to climb Mount Everest?" And I'm like, uh, I don't know anything about mountain climbing and Mary's like, neither do I, but I just got some awesome shoes, awesome mountaineering shoes. And I got a warm parka and I booked us a flight and we're freaking going and look, we're just going to get as far as we get right. And if we don't make it to the top, who cares? But we can say we climbed Mount Everest. That's Mary. Right? Do you see that instantly, you know who Mary is, right? And now it becomes really easy to develop Mary's character. It becomes really easy to take her on a journey. So for example, when Mary goes out to the bar, Mary's not going to order a rum and Coke, Mary's going to be like, make me a drink I've never had before. That takes me to a place I've never been right? Mary is not going to ever do anything normal in your script. In real life, half of what Mary does is normal and half of the time Mary's going to Mount Everest. But in a screenplay, we're kind of giving the purest version of the character, where the character demonstrates her how from the very beginning. And what's really nice is when you have this want, this emotional need, this obstacle, and this how, when you have this, this, these four elements of character happening, Character development becomes so easy because if you want to take Mary on a journey, right? Mary seems really fearless, right? That might be the the adjective that you'd use to describe her. But there are a million fearless characters. What's fun about Mary is the verb of going to freaking Mount Everest. The verb of I don't care how far we get, right? The actions that she's taking. Adjectives sit flat, right? And force you, the writer, to do the work of demonstrating. Verbs have movement to them. They have action to them. They're moving the character and therefore the story forward. In other words, verbs are just the choices the characters do that will end up showing you and your audience what the traits of these characters actually are. Once you know that Mary is climbing Mount Everest, her character development is really easy. For example, you could say, I need to bring Mary to a place where she is afraid. i got to bring Mary to a place where Mary says no. I've got to bring Mary to a place where Mary says, I just want to go home. i got to bring Mary to the place where Mary says, I'll just have a glass of water right? i got to move Mary to that place and then maybe I've got to move her to another place from there. But once I know the verbs that Mary does, I just have to ask, well, what would a slightly or highly different version of that verb be? And suddenly, do you see that you told yourself a story of the kinds of things that might have had to happen to Mary, the kinds of choices that she might have had to make, the kind of obstacles she might have had to face that would eventually bring her to, I want to go home, I just want a glass of water. Character development does not happen through adjectives. Character development happens through verbs. And why is this? Because this is how we are built as human beings. Right. We as human beings are not the adjectives that we happen to be. We are the things that we happen to do. And this is why characters develop. When you write an adjective, what you're really doing is you're putting your character in a box, right? You're going, this is who you are. But characters, just like us, we're so much more malleable, right? None of us are just one thing. The fearless person also has fear in her. The brave person also has cowardice in him. The loving person can also be cruel, right? We all have all these dualities in us. So if instead of looking for the adjectives that stick your character in a box and that force you to try to figure out how to show, if you think instead, okay, I'm just gonna observe my character. I can observe them doing anything. It can be something big, like trying to finally tell the person she loves that she loves her, right? It could be something big, or it can be something small like baking bread. Either way, all that we're doing is every time we watch our character do something, we're gonna ask ourselves a simple, simple, simple question. How is my character doing this thing? in a slightly different way than any other character would do the same thing. How does my character do this action, baking bread, telling the person she loves that she loves her? How does my character do this thing in a slightly different way? And one of the ways that you can do that is by connecting to the need. One of the ways you can do that is connecting to the want. One of the ways you can do that is connecting to the obstacle. One of the ways you can do that is just going, how? How is it different? How is it unique? How is it specific? How does my character say hello in a different way than any other character? What is the verb that my character is doing that makes her, him, them so freaking compelling? What is the thing that captures not how they're completely different, but how they're slightly different? from other characters of this type. And this is how you avoid writing stereotypes. Let's talk about some examples. Tony Soprano. How many mobsters have we seen in television? And if we were gonna describe him, we would probably say he's sociopathic, violent, selfish, brutal. But, Those adjectives don't make Tony Soprano, Tony Soprano. The thing that makes Tony Soprano different from every other mobster that we've seen are the verbs that he does. The big famous verb, of course, is, he goes to therapy, right? This is a completely different mobster than we've ever seen before. This is not Vito Corleone, right? This is not Get Shorty, right? This is a completely different mobster, right? He does the verb of going to therapy. And what that does is it translates the character into a different place. He does the verb of passing out over a bunch of ducks. He does the verb of showing up for the mother who never has a kind word to say to him and is actually plotting his death. He does the verb of kowtowing to his Uncle June, who wants to kill him. He does the verb of brutally murdering people. He does the verb of cheating on his wife. He does the verb of letting Chris get away with stuff he wouldn't let anybody else get away with because he loves him. He is constantly doing verbs. Um, If you think of Carmela Soprano, right? She's also who she is because of verbs, right? She's who she is because she's always trying, at least (laughs) in season one, to get Tony to go to church. She's who she is because she's always falling in love with somebody, although she never actually has the affair. In season one, it's the priest. In a later season, it's going to be Furio, right? But she's always conducting these unrequited love stories that she's never going to fully pursue. She does the verb of trying to get out, but she also does the verb of always choosing the money. She does the verb of fighting for her children's college, right? It's these verbs that she does that distinguish Carmela from every other mob wife. It's the verbs that she does in the unique ways that she does them that makes Carmela, Carmela. For a completely different example, let's think about a show like The Gilded Age and Agnes, right? Sure, she happens to be the adjectives of stuck up, wealthy, um, uh, uh, conservative, uh, powerful, controlling, right? She happens to be those adjectives, but that's not what makes Aunt Agnes, Aunt Agnes. What makes Aunt Agnes, Aunt Agnes is Aunt Agnes refuses to go next door. Aunt Agnes fights to keep the new money out of the old money's world right? It's the choices that Aunt Agnes makes that make Aunt Agnes, Aunt Agnes. And in fact, all of the stakes of the Gilded Age grow from Aunt Agnes not wanting Bertha in her society. This is the entire structure of the show. Bertha going to get her, make her way into the right dinner parties. And a lot of people would think that Well, there would be no stakes to that. Well, who would care? Who cares if a bunch of wealthy, privileged people get into the right dinner party? Why are we even watching this? But what's compelling is characters who want something really bad, who are willing to make really specific choices that nobody else would ever make. If we think about Aunt Ada, she's a completely different character and she happens to be not so bright. And she happens to be really kind and sweet, and she happens to be really forgiving. But what makes Aunt Ada Aunt Ada is that she always does the verb of thinking the best of people. What makes Aunt Ada Aunt Ada is that she gets taken in by every swindler. What makes Aunt Ada Aunt Ada is that Aunt Ada does the verb of believing in people to the same degree that Aunt Agnes does the verb of keeping people out. What makes Aunt Ada Ada is that Aunt Ada will constantly fail to stand up to Aunt Agnes for what she believes. Even though eventually, if you wanted to develop her character, and likely will happen, you might find what is the moment where she finally puts her foot down. Just as in the Gilded Age, they build that wonderful moment where Aunt, A- Aunt Agnes finally loses her head and stomps into uh, Bertha's house that she's refused to enter up till now when she finds out that her butler is helping them throw a party, right? We're watching, once we know who the character is, right, that the character is always making these kinds of choices in this kind of way, great, Get the take the character Aunt Agnes who is always planning and bring her to the point where she's impulsive, where she doesn't, a verb, not the adjective impulsive, the verb impulsive, storming across the street to tell off her butler and forgetting that she's about to step into the house she promised herself she would never enter. If you think about Bertha, Bertha's doing the same thing all the time, right? Bertha's trying to get in and she has her how, the way that she does the verb that's slightly different than any other character who's trying to get in. For example, Tom Rakes right? The sweet lawyer from Pennsylvania. Well, he's also trying to get into society, but his how is completely different than Bertha's, right? While Bertha is like, a, like one of her husband's freight trains, right? She is going to fight, scheme, plan, control, force, right? Do you see these are all verbs? Cajole, right? While well, she's going to do that, Tom is going to make friends. Tom is going to uh, seduce. Tom is going to charm, right? So these characters do verbs that make them them, even though they both have the same want, which is to get into society. Um, I guess you could say that Tom also would really like Marion. But it's the verbs that make the characters the characters. So when you're thinking about your characters, don't work so damn hard. Right? Don't think about how do I establish for the audience who this character is. Instead, think about what does the character want? What does the character need? What is their obstacle and what is their how? Listen, how do they talk slightly different than any other character? Look, how do they do even the simplest action, eating a sandwich, slightly different than any other character? And once you find those little specific moments, then all you have to do is play with them. Every time you meet the character, you can just ask yourself, are they doing something similar that outdoes it? Or are they doing something strongly contrasting? And in this way, you will find your character development organically. In this way, you will discover your characters in the same way you discover your friends. Not by putting labels on them, well, that's smart Ida, right? No, not by putting them in a box, but rather by spending time with them, going on a journey with them, letting them make choices in relation to the thing they want and allowing them to reveal themselves to you. And what I would suggest, if you want to get to know yourself better, if you want to go on a journey, then think like a character. Stop labeling yourself. Stop saying, I'm smart. I'm dumb. I'm talented. I'm, I'm slow. I'm struggling. I'm troubled, right? I'm brilliant. I've got it together. Stop doing the adjectives. To quote Walt Whitman, I am large. I contain multitudes. And you are large. You contain multitudes. We are not one adjective. We are only the thing we do. And if we want to develop our characters, well, we can develop our characters the same way we develop ourselves. By realizing that we don't have to be today who we were yesterday. That all we have to do if we want to develop ourselves, if we want to develop our characters, is to make choices that we haven't made before. It's to do verbs that we haven't done before. And inevitably, when we do that, two things will happen. Number one, we are going to start to find structure in our lives because we're making new choices that give us meaning. And number two, we are going to start to reveal our real character traits, not the ones that we're used to, not the box that we hang out in, not the labels that we've lived with, but the multitudes that we contain, the full scope of who we can really become. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Please like and follow, write us a review, and come join us every Thursday night. We have a free writing class, Thursday Night Writes. It is freaking awesome. We have an incredible community. So come check it out, writeyourscreenplay.com thursday.